All right, welcome everybody. Uh, happy post Halloween and welcome to our 13th episode here at Gym Life. Uh, Joe and Robbie ready to give you our thoughts on another weekly episode in between these great interviews we've been getting. Um, just want to say again to everybody out there, thanks again for listening and sharing and all that. We see more and more of it every week and keep that coming. Uh, sounds pretty redundant on our end, but as Robbie's mentioned before in the past, uh, we operate on a negative budget here. So your your likes, your shares, uh, your comments, your thoughts, your questions energize us monetarily speaking. Uh, that's how we get paid. So uh, keep that good stuff coming our way. And uh, of course, we look forward to every single episode we do and lots of great interviews coming on as well. Uh, anything to add? No, that's a, perfect. That was okay. probably the best one you've done. Oh, thank good you. Job, yeah, Joe. I'm getting better at that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. Uh, let's see, we're into the month of November already, you know. What do they call it? November is um, no shave November, no, right? Yeah. If you're a deer hunter, because that's the big deer hunting holiday coming up, remember? Oh, in I, Michigan. Well, you're an Arizona boy, so. Yeah, I don't deer hunt. Yeah, in Michigan, it's a national holiday, I think, deer yeah. hunting. Yeah, yeah, my wife's yeah. birthday actually yeah. uh, lands on the opening day of rifle season, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you guys are going deer hunting. <laughs> so we're going deer hunting. Oh, nice, nice. Well, listen, as much as beef costs anymore, it's a great way to get some protein, uh, I well, guess. Yeah. I used to think that, you know, like, oh, should I go deer hunting to get protein? I love deer, yeah. but I don't go hunt. Unless it shoots back, it bores me. Yeah, that probably takes uh, the competition right out of it, doesn't it? Yeah, they, uh, the, the license is 36 bucks now, and then you go process the deer, and it costs you about 100 bucks. And maybe another fifty or sixty bucks in gear, or maybe more. You know, if you're that right. that crazy, like I used to be. You know, buying every newfangled thing that came out, ah. and then you got ready for deer season. By the time you're invested into it, you've got hundreds of dollars. <laughs> you could just went and bought a <laughs> hundred pounds right. of meat. <laughs> exactly. So this year, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a good buddy of mine just go shoot me a deer. And yeah. To get it processed. Yeah, so. and that's what I think I want to yeah. start doing is just like just have just pay for the tag and have somebody yeah. else go shoot it for me. Lots of guys out there, lots of farmland around us would probably be more than happy to do that. So yeah, anyhow, I, I, uh, November is a big month, right? For all of us, it's, uh, it, it's going to start snowing soon, unfortunately, and the leaves are bro- blowing. So it's time to start growing. Like I said, last week. Yeah. So that's in full effect. No shave for you deer hunters, I guess out there. Then what is it? No cheat November, right? You heard that one. No. So you, you get off that candy off the, you know, last night, I oh. guess. And then you say, okay, no cheating from this for this month moving into the holiday and then what's the other one i saw the other day uh glutes giving a good friend of ours does no i saw that yeah i'm 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 on board of glutes giving yeah so glutes giving i don't know if that's a national thing or if amanda just made that up i don't know it's pretty good good for her yeah so all the month of november uh, a good friend of ours amanda and we'll we'll post it uh, muscle bound yogi she does this glutes giving thing every year where she'll post uh different glute exercises for the entire month of november uh, then there's uh, no cheat, no shave, no glutes giving, and no nut November, but we'll let you figure that out on your own. No. Yeah, no nuts. No nuts, I guess. Okay, <laughs> you got to be nut tolerant, I suppose, or something. But in any case, uh, that's all leading into a big holiday, and we can't wait for that. But happy Halloween, right? Did yeah. you go out last night trick-or-treating? No, I did not. Our, uh, our, our church here does a Halloween event where we uh, hand out candy to the, to the neighborhood kids at our church. So that's what I do every Halloween. I volunteer at our church to hand out uh, candy to... Our church is in a kind of a rough neighborhood. I mean, it's not bad. It's not the worst by any means, but um, parents are looking for a safe place to take their kids trick-or-treating. Yeah. So our church kind of puts on an event every year, and and we usually see around 300 kids and hand out 6,000 pieces of candy. And It's awesome. Um, so that's what we, yep. that's what I did. My wife went to a Halloween-themed wedding at a roller rink, so that was pretty awesome. I, I saw her she, costume. Yeah, it was pretty sexy. <laughs> she had yeah. a great costume. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's uh that's what i love about halloween i think the most is you're in the if you're in the fitness community 
it's it might be our favorite holiday, right? Yeah, I think so. Because so many guys and girls out there that lift weights, and you all know this. I mean, you've got a little bit broader of a range of costumes you can oh, pull yeah. off. You know, yeah. some of them are pretty sexy, and then others, like for the guys, you know, we can, most of us can kind of maybe get into that Spider Man or that Hulk or Thor. Yeah, we have a reason something. to not wear a shirt. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, and it's I, not douchey for one day. For one day, right, right. It's like, they have, that, I think that's what the girls say. You can look super slutty on Halloween and nobody will call you a slut. Right. And the other day you can't do it. Yeah. Same thing with guys. Same thing with guys, yeah. You're not a douche on You're Halloween. You're not a douche yeah, on you Halloween. Can, you can wear whatever you want to wear. I went to a Halloween costume in San Diego like years ago, a costume party, and it was just a, I don't know, like a radio thrown event at a hotel or something, you know. And my buddy and I, this is back when I had abs, you know, post-military. So we dressed up as Greek statues and mm-hmm. we bought this body paint. We thought it was a real good idea to, you know, paint ourselves silver right. or, or stony, Stone-ish, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, all night long that shit's just dripping in my drink. It was the worst <laughs> hangover I ever had. It was awful. But uh, it, you're right though. It was that one time I cannot <laughs> not wear a shirt. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, ha- Halloween, and uh, now I just got to stay away from my son's candy, and uh, I think we'll be good to go for that no cheat November. No, don't go down to the end of the hall here. I have a bunch uh, of leftover of candy. Off. Yeah, I you know we left it for the gym. We call it, you know so just in case people's blood sugar drops. Sure, you know, sure. Safety first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you can't you can't knock a piece of candy during mid workout sometimes. Yeah. You know yeah. you, you might need that. So that's a great idea. And I love the fact that you guys do that too because it seems more. More and more, more and more people are looking for that, like you said, that safe place to trick or treat or that trunk or treats. You see yep, a lot of those, yep. and I know churches do that too, so that's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, my son was Spider Man. That's what? Yeah, really? Spider- yeah, well, at least he picked a superhero. Could've he did all this work, and you know, you named him after, and he went Spider Man. I got to give him his freedom, right? <laughs> just because he's Superman's son or, or the son of uh, well, anyhow, Superman's yeah. dad, right? But. Uh, yeah, he was Spider Man. He's big into that. I think all little guys when they first start off, Spider Man's just that guy, you know. I think yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I think I don't. I, I think Spider Man's cooler, but I mean, yeah, like, we flying is like more. overrated. Like Who I is? think that's like flying, like Superman, like that's yeah. overrated. Yeah, I think like having a web that you can like trap people and swing from, and yeah, you know, there's all kinds of cool. stuff. Yeah, and you know, know, Peter Parker's in school inevitably forever, so right. you yeah, kind of relate to him yeah, as a young man, I suppose. <laughs> But, you know, I think it's great nowadays uh, that all these new, now since COVID's kind of post-COVID and we get all these new movies coming back out, man, I'm a geek with that shit. I love comic books. Oh, I hate them. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. Geez, you can't, I can't get enough of that. I, you so know. I, I've watched, like, I, I tell people I don't watch, like, a lot of fantasy movies or comic movies or anything like that. Um, and I come to find out I've seen more than I than I think I have, but... Um, I've watched one Avengers movie and that was because I was a guest on another podcast and it was the concept of their podcast was if you've never seen these movies, you watch it for the first time and then you go on their podcast and do you like your review and stuff. So I was forced to watch one of the Avengers movies and it was exactly as I thought it was going to be. I just, the good guy always wins. Yeah. Maybe in that one event. There's always, and there's always a crappy, really long monologue where the dude could have just murdered him and ended it. And like, I just, I can't get it. Right. I'm going to take 30 seconds to pull this trigger. Yeah. Talk to you for a minute. I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got some buddies, man, or like, uh, I don't know what you call them, like fanboys, a comic books. Oh, yeah. The whole Comic-Con thing, you know, and when all this stuff first started coming out, I'd go to, shout out to Andy, and and yeah, Andy's a a good buddy of mine at the gym, as a matter of fact, gym life, there you go. Um, He tells me all about the backstories and all the stuff that, you know, he's deep into it, he knows what's going on, you know. So it kind of gives you something to anticipate coming down the road, if you are that guy and you enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it for sure. I understand why people get into it. I just, yeah, it's always the same to me. And it's, you know, what most movies are really, when you think, when you break it down, like, 
they're they're they all kind of they're yeah. almost they all follow the same plot line, yeah sure, sure. so but. well I, I love it to death and now that i got a son you know and he's starting to get to that aging and i can mm-hmm. re-watch all this stuff yeah. so and i get to live vicariously through his sort of excitement for it which is yeah fun. so next year we'll see what the costume will be might be spider-man again who knows yeah. so for me it's always been like my favorite ones have always been just like the regular dudes like you know bruce wayne and batman and oh sure and iron man okay like yeah. just the guy just the guys, guys that you that are it's like possible that's possible yeah, right. right like right. that's that's kind of my that's kind of my um my like my I guess prerequisite to watching any movie and it's like and I'm like is it potentially possible could I be a billionaire superhero yeah, yeah and, then, and then I can yeah. watch it but I'm not getting bit by a radioactive spider or whatever so well yeah I mean you never know now that days you get on TikTok like we talked about and they got all these you ever watch that crypto shit there where they're filming mermaids and you know people are trying to get oh. through. you never know no, you never know. careful so what was going on big in the fitness community this weekend or the, I guess you'd call it the gym community or the lifting community. And we're, we go by several names, but the biggest thing that I saw out there was the Rogue Invitational. Yeah. And if you don't know much about the Rogue Invitational, which honestly I didn't over, except for the last couple of years since Strongman's been included in it um, or something along those lines, I guess. How long has Strongman been in the Rogue Invitational? I actually don't know. This is the first year that I, that I knew Strongman was in it. Um, yeah. And it was probably because... This is the first year I've really paid attention to Strongman because right, of this podcast right. so that, and the that people in my, my gym job life. To figure that out. I think it's two years. I think it's two or maybe three. You know, maybe uh, Rogue will get on and correct us. Yeah. Well, hopefully they do. That's why we try to make these mistakes, yeah. just like we did for Static Monsters. By yeah, the way. that that way yeah. Static Monsters has to correct us, and yes. now we have which been we, in we, with Static Monsters. Well, and they said some <laughs> nice things about the podcast, which I can appreciate. And so Chad, I think, is his name that runs Static Monsters, and he. Uh, he got with us right after that show, and he'd listened to it and said, hey, great podcast, guys. And we love hearing that, of yeah, course. Yeah. But uh, just to cr- make some corrections, and I'm glad you brought that up, Static Monsters has been around for seven years. Right. Seven years. But it's it's been, a, a you know, obviously a work in, in progress and growing and growing and growing uh, in twenty in 22 countries, I think he said. But... Uh, with that, it's a, it's a, as we know now, it's actually a log press in the, in the, in the three, 16 and three quarter inch elevated axle press, but it's a total. So right. the top 10 total monster, total monster, total. Yep. There you go. Yep. And every weight class is invited yep. to world. So, and Matt Kehoe, by the way, did make it Yeah. That monster deadlift. He had got him there. Yeah. I think he ended um, up third. Third. Yeah. yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah. There was a couple other guys from uh, building your temple over in, uh, yeah. uh, Oxford, Oxford, Brian, Brian Bonet, a buddy of ours. Uh, he mentioned that their gym also did it. So shout out to you, Brian. And, and this is a good opportunity to remind everybody out there listening right now, uh, yeah, we don't know everything when it comes to, as many of you already know, <laughs> we know very little. Yeah. But uh, we certainly need your help when it comes to kind of identifying what's going on, not only locally, but, uh, you know, just wherever, whenever, whatever, yeah. within the lifting community and, and all the lifting sports or just general bro talk or whatever that you might see out there in your gym, a promoter, an event, something, feel free to reach out to us, drop us a DM, say, hey, guys, look at this. You don't even have to give us much more than that, and we'll do a little research yeah. on it. So shout out to Brian. Thanks for pointing that out, that you guys also had the event, Static Monsters, at your place, and you had a couple people enter that, and maybe I should have wrote that down. But in any case, we won't forget you next time, Brian. Uh, and then, like I said, everybody else out there, please get with us and uh, I posted something the other day saying that exact same thing. Yeah, this Let goes know. this goes back to episode one, really, for us, and that's you know that's what this whole podcast is about. It's not about me. It's not about Joe. It's not about Michigan. 
It's about everybody everywhere, yep. you know, doing whatever it is that they're doing to, to improve their life, get stronger, compete, whatever it may be. Um, and sometimes it's just general bro talk. Sometimes it's how many hamsters can beat Iron Bibby in a, yeah. in a yeah, you right. know, in a, in right. a tug of war. But um, send it to us, man. Like, we love to discuss this stuff. So anyways, back on to yeah. uh, the Rogue Invitational. Yeah, Rogue Invitational. So Rogue Invitational, um, I think they invited 10 strongmen to it. But anyhow, I th I, where do you start with this? Because I got so much I want to talk about. First off, let me start with this. I, in our very first episode, I kind of made fun of, I did make fun of crossfitting a bit. I'm going to retract that right now, and I'm, but I'm going to do it kind of with some side notes. You're like half retracted. Yeah, I'm half retracted. <laughs> Those fucking CrossFitters blow me away. Yeah. Uh, what I saw at the Rogue Invitational when I watched that footage back, they're by far the most athletic people on the planet. Yeah. There's nobody even close to these men and women yeah. doing what they're doing. I think the problem that I had with CrossFit is that you have two types of CrossFitters. You have CrossFitters out there that are competing in CrossFit and using it uh, athletically to com in competition or just to become great at it. Mm -hmm. So they do more than just CrossFit as we discussed. They'll, mm -hmm. they'll still lift weights. They'll still do all the maintenance and recovery and all the things that we bring into our gym lives. And then you've got the weekend warrior type of CrossFitter that's basically just going into a, a CrossFit facility and trying to do whatever it is they do there. And, and, and that's his only form of training or only form of group exercise right. or activity. And those are generally the idiots that get hurt and or you've got, as we've talked to Nick O'Hare and Sean Shoemaker, you've got these different CrossFit boxes opening up everywhere. And oftentimes it's those places that aren't really qualified to train people. And just because it's a popular thing to do. Yep. And before you know it, you see all these gym fuckery videos of these CrossFitters online and go, what the hell is this? And we mm -hmm. all get a big lap out of it. But on the other end of that is what we saw at the Rogue Invitational. Yep. Uh, these people are the real deal. Yeah, and I was just blown. I was just blown away. Just blown away. Yeah, I think we did actually address that in the in the first episode when we kind of made fun of CrossFit. Yeah. It wasn't that we were making fun of CrossFit, as we were making fun of kind of that blow up of CrossFit, right, the right. boxes. True. We, I, I think it's for at least for me, it's always been pretty clear that you know the best athletes on the planet are CrossFitters, hands down. Um, uh, it's wow. they're amazing individuals. You talked about it, like especially like the CrossFit Games. Rogue Invitational is a little bit different. But like at the CrossFit Games, they're doing they're doing five events a day or four days, and like each one of those events is four yeah. different exercises in that event. You right. know, I mean, like you think about the 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 volume of work that they're mm. doing is unmatched. Like you would go try it in your gym one day, just one day, just do it will destroy you. <laughs> just, just do a strong med medley like seven times in a row. Yeah, that's literally I what mean, it is. And it's not even equaling the amount of time. That they, I mean, you're exactly right. I was Because I, I was getting more involved in it, right? I said, well, if I'm going to critique it so hard, let me get involved in it from, from a spectating standpoint. So when I was watching these events and looking at what Rogue was posting, and I'd look at event number five, and it'd have like, you know, 15 muscle-ups and followed by this and followed yeah. by this and followed by this. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, this is an entire event? And that's one round. You got to do five of them. Yeah, and it's, like, <laughs> and it's like 14 minutes, you know. Yeah. It's, like, nuts. And, but but then what got me was I'm thinking, okay, how heavy is how heavy are these weights, really? Yep. You know, because then that that's the big argument always with these CrossFitters as well. They, they're they only, you know, clean and jerking or snatching 135 or whatever. And, well, that's not true either. Right. At the level that these people compete at in the women they had the deadlift for instance and i think it was what'd you say it was it was uh uh i wrote down her name she broke the world record tia tia to me or no no, no. Uh, no uh it was uh uh caroline prevost uh, -huh. uh she didn't win the ship win the event but she did uh a deadlift and she broke the record with 67 reps 
And I thought, okay, how heavy was it? I'm that guy, right? right. Oh, I'm sure it was sure. only 135 pounds. Fuck no. I think it was 250. Yeah. 30, 67 times. Yeah. So even with this athleticism that they have, yeah. the strength that comes with these professional CrossFitters is is unbelievable. I think you made them. Who was the guy that you mentioned? Uh, Matt Frazier. Matt Frazier. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he's, he's a power lifter that happens to do CrossFit. Go look at him. His body is... Yeah. He's, I mean, he could go power lift right now and be competitive. Um, and, and it's the same thing, man. Like you, you think the weights are low and, and a few years ago, they, they probably were, Yeah, I'm, I'm it's kind of like strong, man, right, right. you know, it's kind of progressed over the time, over time. And, but even then, like, so 250 isn't an amazing deadlift, but 250, 67 times is an amazing deadlift. That's an amazing deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, so people are like, oh, it's only 250 pounds, but. We've done 225 competitions in our gym here for fun. And at 21, I have no oxygen left. You're yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like. And I would argue this Carolyn Previous girl could probably do a 450 deadlift oh, easily yeah. for a single at 165 pounds yeah. or wherever she's at. So, yeah, uh, it, it blew my mind. That was one event. Uh, and, I, and I'm not really. And, and even when Nick was here that day and he was talking about all these events. And what they named them, HMU and this and that, and all these acronyms, acronyms of course. They all have a name, yeah. I, I'm still sort of trying to get myself mm-hmm. versed in that a little bit. But I think they picked up a new fan this weekend, and, I, yeah. and it was me, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I was blown away, and I need to spend more time watching that because I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm going to watch the make sure I watch the big one this year, which is the CrossFit Games, of course. Yep. And, and I think that's a little bit different, right? Because the Rogue Invitational is saying we're putting out these invitations to the best CrossFitters in the world, right. the best strongmen in the world, where the CrossFit Games, actually, you can qualify. Every right? CrossFit Games, every athlete has to qualify. Okay. So, like, even if you're a professional CrossFitter, Matt Fraser, Rich Froning, Tia Toomey, these people that have been doing it for years won five CrossFit Games have to qualify next year. And that's okay. one of the nice things, kind of the cool things about it. It would be like taking Brian Shaw and, and, and Half Thor and making them qualify for World's Strongest Man. Not not invited to World's Strongest Man. Well, like there is having, a qualifier. Having to though. do qualifiers. Yeah, you yeah. know, so um, it's it's pretty cool. I it's I think it's unique to the sport. And, and I think um, it lends itself to great competition. And that's one of the, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree. And in Strongman and World's Strongest Man, they do have the qualifying division. But there's still invites to that division, right. I believe. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's any oh, any any path to that actually getting uh, invited to the qualifiers. And maybe there is. And we'll talk to Willie about that and some other people as well. But, but that Rogue in particular is an event where, yeah, if you're in the top of the food chain, you're getting invited to it and right. expect you to perform. And, and Toomey won it, of course, and she just got done winning the CrossFit Games. Winning the CrossFit Games. So she's, that's quite a... She's know. she's an amazing yeah. athlete. Um, I think she's won now more CrossFit Games than any other human, well, I think. Um, or tied, or tied. I think Matt Frazier might have won five, and yeah. I think she's either won five or six. Um, so just think about that. Year over year, having to qualify, yeah, and, and the qualifier is not easy. You like you can watch it; um, they are they're all recorded and stuff. Um, having to qualify, having to go compete against a field of the best of the best, legitimately not not invite, and they might have been half hurt. These people are all at the top of their game because they qualified to get there and they're and they're ready to go, and to go and win five of them back to back to back to back to back. 
yeah, in the type of shape they're in, there is no off season for these people. I can't imagine there is an off season. <laughs> I for don't a think they have a very big off. No, I would. I would think it's like pretty much a two week vacation. Yeah. Okay, back to work. Yeah, I, yeah, Man. I think uh, that's exactly it. I think uh, one of our, you know, our good friends who's never reached back to us, Danny Spiegel, All after right. the CrossFit game, she uh, she went to Hawaii for two weeks and then she was back in the gym. Yeah. That, that was her break. Yeah, unbelievable. It would have to be like that because they're, they're specimens, every single one of them. And, and to take nothing away from the other top 20, I mean, they're all fantastic athletes. Yeah, every and, one of them. And if you look at the points, very little separates them. I think yeah. that came down to that Deer's daughter and her for the last event. Yeah. Uh, which brings me to the strongman side of things, which I guess was one hell of a show. In, in, in particular, between two, I guess everybody did well, but these two, uh, Martins Lises and... Um, uh, Tom or uh, Luke Stoltzman was it? Was it Luke or Tom? I get him confused now. It's Tom Stoltzman. Luke Stoltzman. They just the one that they the alternate winning. Yeah, I know. So. <laughs> it's almost like they planned it, it out. It was, hey, buddy, you're yeah. gonna win this one. I'll yeah. win the next. It one. was Tom. It was Tom. But they were both there. They both got invites. Um, I, first off, shout out to Rogue man. And there's no surprise. I mean, just their their apparatus that they put together are just they're awesome. God, you know, you wish you had a big enough space like here at our facility. To do some, one of those pieces. Just Listen, one of them, like know? they do a, when it comes to the strong man, I think they kind of, they're doing some things that other, and I know it's hard on a local level and things like that to do, obviously, but like they're doing something like that. Their thousand pound yoke was ridiculous. Yeah. The thing looked like a house, right? Yeah, and yeah. like, that's cool to watch. And we talked about from the spectator side right. of the sport. Yep, exactly. That's important. Exactly they could have put a thousand pounds on a small little metal yoke, but it wouldn't have had the same effect on, on screen right. and in the in, in the venue. Yep. You know, they Rogue knows like, hey, I'm in they were in a baseball stadium, by the way. They probably stole that from Great Lake Strongest. Man. I'm sure they did. Good so, job, George. Yeah, George, you so you inspired Rogue. Yep. But they knew where they were at to have this spectacle, they were gonna have to make it big. And they did, you know, and yep. that's that's one of the things that Rogue is very, very good at. Well, they're Rogue, and, and well, they they're got, good at a lot of things. They got there. <laughs> they got there by you know supporting the well, not only the strongman community, but like you said earlier, the CrossFit made made them who they are, and the shutdown didn't hurt them either because no. a lot of basements are filled with Rogue filled equipment. Filled with Rogue equipment, yeah. But in any case, they've got the budget to do this stuff, and that yoke was one. The other one that I really liked, of course, was that Conan's wheel. Or the wheel of power, or what yeah. do they call that? The wheel of power. Yeah, wheel yeah. of power. I, they must not have the rights to say Conan's wheel because we all know that's a Conan's wheel when we look right, at it. Right, right, right. They've even got like the dragon heads on it. <laughs> you know? But uh, that is an awesome piece of equipment. Yeah, I there. didn't actually yeah. see that one up. Oh my God. You got to look at that. It was nuts. It's just like the movie. I mean, it was yeah. the Conan's wheel. Okay. And, and like I said, they didn't miss any detail. Yeah. It looks just like that. Um, and that was actually won by, uh, well, I don't even remember now. You guys just have to go and find out. I'll, I'll get it wrong, and then I'll I just soon not tell you if I just to get it wrong. Um, but it came down to the last event, so that I do know. And it was uh, Elisus and uh, Tom Stoltzman for the, with the Stones. Mm -hmm. And that was a cool. They had, like, it was almost like a, uh, I don't know, what do, you, what do you call those things you tie horses up to? Like a horse, uh, you know, in front of a saloon, mm -hmm. you know, that type of thing. Yeah. I, I don't even know what that is, right? That's the only thing in my mind I can reference it. But it was the size of a telephone pole, right? And it was 40 feet long. Okay. And then it, it was all the same height, maybe at 46 inches or 48 inches. And there were six stones or five stones up to 420, starting at 320, I think it was. Uh, and then they just loaded them quickly over each section at the same height. Uh -huh. uh, and then he had won, uh, Lisa's won the event. Okay. Uh, which, which that's what I love, right? Let's make it come down to the last event. Yeah, I love that too, and it for did, sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I'm, and his payday wasn't too bad either, you know. 120. Oh, he took a picture of it. $133,000. Yeah. 
and I asked you earlier, is that more than the world's strongest man? I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a hundred grand there. So as of right now, rogue owns the best and biggest. And I mean, why wouldn't they, they made, why would they they? made bank over, like you said, over coronavirus, (laughs) they they emptied their warehouse. So yeah, Yeah, they did. did. That's a nice payday for him. And I know the other guys probably got paid pretty well right on down the line. I'm sure everybody got compensated for being there. But I, I love that event. Um, I look forward to next year already. I hope Rogue gets more involved in some of these things. I, if anything, helping out some of these bigger promotions. I'm more than confident that the powers that be in all these organizations have already done everything they can do to try to get Rogue involved sure. at some level. So sure. that conversation's probably always coming or going and, and you know coming back to something new. And I think once you get a couple of those big sponsors on, like a, a guy that actually messaged us about our last episode when we were talking about, actually, no, I, I don't even think I told you this, but I had mentioned to Hannah on the interview, and I, I know if you, whether you watched it or not, um, I had mentioned about uh, you know doing that kind of strongman uh, pro fund type of thing mm-hmm. where you know you got all these athletes in the strongman arena in the amateur level like george had 150 and we'll keep referencing that show because that was one of the biggest that we've ever been a part of or seen and then you just have this two dollar sort of fee per contestant that goes into a you know fund for the organization to be able to maybe accommodate their pros with hotel and some Mm -hmm. travel expenses something a little bit different to try to get that money than just relying on sponsors entirely and i get it that's controversial right because now we're saying well we're going to charge our amateurs this money to do that sort of thing uh, and I know guys like me, I, I wouldn't give a shit. Here's two bucks it, it, with the idea that someday maybe I can turn pro and I can have the same sort of love given back to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of the amateurs would mind anyhow, cause most of us are cheering those pros on anyhow. And it's just our way of saying, yeah, let's keep this pro thing moving along and keep these events coming. So I can at least spectate them and be a part of it on, on that level. Uh, but I brought that up and, and a guy got back with us and commented, you know, and obviously he, he objected to the idea, which I'm glad I, mm-hmm. I listen. I like the conversation, sure. right? You know, of course, the comment was we need to get bigger sponsors involved, and that's the enigma, right? How do you do that? And I don't want to get off on that tangent, but to have somebody like Rogue involved would change that world immediately to some level, right? Right. Because it only takes a few thousand dollars per show to completely change the dynamic of that show with the way you're able to pay your pros or to accommodate your pros in some form or another. Like Hannah had said, listen, if I just got a hotel room and a plane ticket and had the opportunity maybe to win a few hundred dollars, that would change my you know, opinion on how and where I could travel and sure. when I could travel to get Yeah. There. There's definitely a little bit of, there's, there's a, I think there's a lot of room in all of these sports on the South side of CrossFit to, to grow. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of th- thoughts and how to do it. Um, yeah. whether it be, you know, a little pro fund or bigger sponsors. The problem with the bigger sponsors thing is again, in that as a bigger sponsor, you know, you're looking at, essentially a, a return on investment and is there a return on right. investment there's a tax lot to, write-off you, you know, know there's a yeah. lot to look at there is, and then right. yeah. and then how many how many bigger sponsors are there how many rogues are there right you know rogue can't sponsor every event and and i yeah. mean they probably can't but they can't do it and make money as a company as a no business, that's true you gotta you have know. some kind of return so yeah as so the sort grows and, and, and a little matures, a little bit know. of the onus is on us as athletes and promoters and you know whatever it is is to to build us to that level where those bigger sponsors yeah. have a return on investment you know and they're already getting involved it's just they're getting involved at 
at a lower level yeah, because right. they, they, gotta they, start they have to have, they have to start. Somewhere. Well, and I so. think the idea that going back to kind of not get off on a super tangent here, but going back to the idea then that rogue is taking part in this rogue invitational that is providing these top level strongmen another opportunity to compete. That's the start because yeah. that'll get the ball moving. Yeah. Then there's other opportunity there, even with rogue smaller events, perhaps, and things that they're a part of. Yeah. That they can bring in these maybe top 10 American guys or top 10 this, depending on where they're at overseas or others. So uh, very cool. Circus Dumbbell, some things that caught my attention there, right? With, before we go down this how to be a good uh, <laughs> organization again, right? I, I know we get off we on that, that a lot. It's because of the love of the sport, for sure. Yeah. But Circus Dumbbell, I, I, a couple things that amazed me was a 300-pound Circus Dumbbell. We talked about the evolution of the sport in respect to how much people are lifting out there. Another example, 300-pound circus dumbbell. Yeah. I can remember at the Arnold when that thing was like 225, yeah. you know, so 75 pounds more. That was a big one. And you see the they had a Thor's hammer lift. No, I yeah, I didn't even watch the event, to be yeah, honest with you. It was a grip event, right? right. With these cool-ass hammers. I mean, they were Thor's hammer, right? Once again, Rogue does it, right? Yeah. Uh, 300 pound hammer. It was a hammer uh, handle, by the way. So it's a very unique grip. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and Lisa's did that one. I think he was the only one that got it. But oh. uh, and then uh, Josh Thigpen, and, and that's a name, a blast from the past because I can remember years ago when Josh competed, he was a pro. And this is going back 15 years, and he was there. And I guess they had some uh, other events there that were kind of off. Sort of like individualized events that they had people come in and do. One of them was the Denny Stone Hold. Mm -hmm. He had won that, which I thought was cool. Uh, so they have a lot more going on there at that Rogue Invitational. Uh, to all you out there that aren't uh, as versed in it as I am, and I know I'm excited about it because they have so much fun stuff going on there that it's not just those two events. There's other events around those events that have something to do with strength sports and lifting uh, that could turn it more into like a, I guess you can say like a, uh, you know, a spectacle like yeah. Arnold or something. Yeah, spectator I sport. I, I'm man. guessing yeah. it is, you know. I mean, you think about it, even though it was in that stadium, that'd be a kind of a fun trip to take to go hang out for two days around the Rogue Invitational just to see all that crazy stuff. So. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure Rogue's got plans. Um, yeah. yeah, they're, no they're a it. smart company and they're, you know, they're not too far from us. So maybe, you know, maybe Rogue would just wants to sponsor our podcast. Um, yeah, <laughs> since we, yeah, well, we, yeah, we yeah. said their name Moving right along. 11 yeah. times. Right. At least get a nickel for every time we <laughs> drop their name. Oh, you know, and, and just to talk about the disparity in pay a little bit, because I know we always complain about that, right? There was this big thing going around in the strongman community this, this week about, you you know, women versus men and how to make the women's sport bigger. We don't need to get on that. But the idea, of course, is to have some equity in the sport a little mm -hmm. bit. And uh, we'll talk about equity in CrossFit to strongman. There is none. No. <laughs> the check for the first place CrossFitter was two twice. It was $256,000. Right. So for all you out there wondering how big that sport is, or if you ever wondered, because we already know how big it is, a quarter of a million dollars to win the Rogue Invitational. For the women's winner, for the men's yeah, winner. Yeah, they're the same. Equal pay. Every time. Equal pay. Yeah, so that's one thing CrossFit does really well is they're, yeah. they're men and women. Again, we talked about it with strongmen. They're men and women compete at the same event. Their men and women have the same spectators. Their men and women get paid the same. Yeah. Um, they do it. They do that really well. Um, make no bones about it. The the probably ninety percent of the spectators were there for the CrossFitters and the strongman had, were, had sure. some viewership. Sure, sure. And uh, and and it was paid accordingly. So, um, but it, that's just going to grow all of that. You that's know, right. The more right. we can include all of these things, I, I mean, ultimately it would be great to see just like one mega event one day. You know, like where we have like it's a week long. Rogue's the title sponsor, you know, and all these strong companies are title sponsors. And we have we have CrossFit, Strongman, Powerlifting, whatever, uh, 
Highland Games sure, all Highland in games. one yeah. week. Freaking, yeah. you know, How like cool a, would that be? I mean, yeah, that'd be cool. that would be like a strength sports fans or yeah. competitors like dream come true. Yeah, like yeah, that would be like yeah. it, I mean, the Arnold's kind of doing that. Kind of. Well, the bodybuilding sucks up a lot of that yeah. at the Arnold, yeah. you know. And, and I know they used to do, like, the animal cage at the Arnold. I, I think, you know, when we talk to Gary, they don't do the animal cage anymore. Mm. And there's some things that have kind of gone away that were really big fan draws. And it's gotten to the point now where they try to squish it all, like, with the karate. I, don't, I think it got rid of some of that crazy stuff they were sure. putting in there, kung fu or karate right. and some of this other stuff. But you're right. That's kind of how it started. Right. And then they almost almost looked like they just went after too much too quick. and. Before you knew it, you didn't want to go back because that place was so fucking packed. You you didn't even want to walk through it but one time and get me the hell out of here. Right. You know? so, right. But yeah, you're right. It, especially in a big baseball or football field or something. Oh, yeah. It would something. be amazing. It would be cool be to do. Pretty cool. And to think nowadays with all these open st- or these stadiums with you know the closed capacity yeah. of them, you know, open the roof or not open the roof. Yeah. Think about how cool that would be. Yeah, That's a good be, point. Man. Be I love awesome. that. Yeah. That would be fun. So, yeah, Rogue Invitational, that was the, that was the, big, uh, the big thing this weekend that I, I think uh, – I think that we got on that I really enjoyed, and and I know there wasn't a whole lot going on other than that. Although you know, I follow this, I follow this website uh, as I do many of them, as a lot of people know already. I talk about it all the time on social media, and it's called Two XL Powerlifting. It's out of Chicago, I think it's Chicago. Anyhow, it's in Illinois, and WPC, I think it was. I mentioned that to you. Um, they're petitioning right now for powerlifting, or at least try, they're petitioning the petition, right? And it's a, right. If, get enough signatures to finally get a petition and get that and whatever kind of nonsense. But one of the things they're trying to do again is to get a heavier, get a, a cl- extra class added to the women's powerlifting side mm-hmm. of things. And I'm not a hater, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of thought about that. And I thought, yeah, because I see that a little bit in the, in the organizations that we live for or have people lifting in that there's some disparity at the very top. And you mentioned there's a lot of disparity in weight classes for men as well. Sure. It's not a. I just know. think eventually, like, um, eventually there has to be a cutoff. I don't think 84 kilograms is the cutoff for women or 84 plus. I definitely yeah. think there, there's their need to have a, a higher weight class. Um, but at the, you know, and, and I'm all for growth. Uh, I'm all for that. But at the end of the day, the upper weight classes, the super heavyweights, there's always going to be a disparity um, in weight. Unless you make a weight class for every single possible weight a human being can be, there's going to be a disparity at some point at the highest level. So where that level is at, um, you know, I think people have to take a look at kind of what the level of competition is in, in, in that area. Um, how many competitors there are in right, that area, right, yep. and then and then kind of decide for yep. their organization what makes sense. I don't think it's an overall everybody should have a, another weight class added. You know, some 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 organizations don't have competitors in that weight class. Some organizations don't have competitors at the sixty three kilogram weight class. You know, in the very bottom end of the thing. So yep. you know, I think it's it's. I don't again. I don't disagree with it. I don't. I think that's a good point. I mean, it depends on really what your competition is at that top that top tier in weight classes in both men and women. Because if you're just trying to add a weight class to take away from the competition or that could potentially take away from the competition in another weight class, is it really the smart thing to do? Yeah. All of a sudden, because we know, we've been there, we've seen it, where you go to a, a powerlifting event and you're the only one in the class or there's two or there's three or there's four. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Like again, we're there yep. to compete against ourselves and our, what we can do on the platform. But from a competition standpoint, it is nice to see a class that's full of eager you know, athletes sure. ready to you know, go to war. Yeah. And if you start dividing the, you know, watering it down with all these classes, you, you get yourself in a position where you may not see that as much as you do now 
and it might even get to the point where we're back to seeing only two or three or four. And I mean, I think powerlifting, that's the whole, that was the whole reason, which most organizations don't use anymore. I think they use a different score, but that's the whole point behind the Wilk score, that the weight class really doesn't matter all that much because your Wilk score should be identifying the, the best lifter. Yeah. Right? So even if my weight class is a 30-pound difference, if I'm on the bottom end and someone's at the top end and we're close, our Wilk score is going to differentiate us. Yeah, and I suppose if you look at it from that perspective, when you're taking a weight class from 184 plus to the you know highest region, you know whatever your thought is, right. where, wherever that next biggest athlete will be, yeah, that type of disparity, I guess, is manageable through some type of calculation. Right. Where it's not manageable, of course, as we know, is when we start getting into those lower weight classes when we talk about these super strength athletes in the 80, 90, 105 kilo classes like we do in Strongman where that Wilk score is thrown right out the window because they're going to beat those super heavyweights every time. Well, some of them do. And yeah. I only say that because somebody out there is listening right now going, well, then why don't we just get rid of rate classes in general and just go completely to an algorithm or not an algorithm but some type of calculation that just determines who the overall winner is at every show. In theory, that sounds great. But – we already have known and proven that the lighter athletes have a distinct advantage of that six, seven, eight. Well, times and that's why the weight. Wilk score isn't used anymore. Um, because what what is, is it now? There's, I think it's like the Dom score. I think I don't even know to be honest with yeah. you. Um, they just changed that though. That was yeah. a new change this year, at least. In the yeah, USA because they did look at it and looked at that it it, it favored lighter athletes. Okay, um, yeah. and they they could see that, and so they're like, this this doesn't work. There's got to be a better system. So they're working on that, or they have come up with that. Um, yeah, and like with that wouldn't work with strongman because you guys have set weights, so you have to have weight classes because yeah. you know a, a, a hundred and thirty oh, pound right. guy can't yeah. log press the same thing a four hundred pound right. guy. Right, can. right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And relatively speaking, yeah, it only course, works yeah. in yeah. that only works in powerlifting type events. Um, so, but I, my whole point is, I'm I'm all for it. Add add another weight class yeah. up there for sure. Add two weight classes up there for sure. There's you know some big strong girls up there in that in that top category. I just don't think that it's this overall like. I don't know, dude, I, I'm probably gonna get myself in trouble, but I feel like it's just this push to like, for a lot of people just to make themselves feel more comfortable. Like, yeah, I know you what know the what I'm elephant saying? in the room, like, I get it. Let's just, yeah, let's just it. call it yeah. like it is. And yeah. it's like, generally when you're dealing with, yeah, yeah. it's just like, and I get that. I, I fine. That's fine too. But like, don't just, I just don't think that we need to add weight classes just to add weight classes. Um, but I do think again, there is room for for another weight class up there at least um because there yeah, is a maybe big gap. one right there is a big yeah. gap uh, 84 pretty... is light dude 84 is light anymore that's what i'm kind of getting light at. and i for guess sure. i i guess I, i'm i'm more familiar with that because amber started in 84 and yeah. she's a very athletic girl you know yeah. she's not she's not holding a ton of body fat she's holding yeah. a ton of muscle and i i think you know that that's what brings the conversation yeah, 84 is like what that's 186 like, pounds like 187 not, yeah pounds? that's not a real big that's woman not a, that's not big yeah that's no, not no, big no. at all so there's definitely yeah. we definitely need a 93 105 right, for right. sure like yeah. we need to go there 100 yeah. percent do we need to go to 120 you know i mean the men stop at 120 they're 120 plus or something like yeah, that in, right. in usapl do right. we need to go do we need to go all the way there which yeah, maybe we do go all the way to 120. Maybe make the weight classes the same, whatever. But I just don't. You know, yeah. that's a good point because now that I think about it, if you go back and in, in just in recent time, in the last 10 or 15 years, the size of the women's athlete. And what I mean by that is how athletically strong and muscular mm -hmm. they're getting. 
there's a there's a huge change that's sure. taken place in the last yeah. 10 or 20 oh, years. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's giant. Yeah. No pun intended, but these women are getting oh, yeah. super muscular, I mean, which I love. I love it. I love it. Listen, um, 180, 185, 186, 27, my, my, that's my wife. And my yeah. wife is not a not a big girl. Right. You know, she's an average. I mean, she's tall, you know, yeah. she, but yeah. she's an average an average female. Um, so there's definitely there definitely needs to add weight classes for the for the women for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think one anyhow, right? At maybe, least maybe one. just one. One ninety three, one hundred five. Maybe know. depending on the organization, and maybe not all at once, but let's do one this year with the idea if, if we keep growing the organization. Because when you think about it, there you know one eighty five, one eighty six. I don't know what what eighty four comes to. It's got to be one eight hundred eighty seven pounds, hundred eighty eight pounds, something yeah, just like under that. there. Yeah. So you think one hundred eighty eight pounds to you know two twenty, two thirty, which still isn't a big girl. Is that's a big yeah. that's a big gap. There there definitely needs to be a, a weight class in the middle there for sure. So yeah, I thought that was an interesting thing to talk about real quick because you know we, we I, I think it just goes without saying the same thing we talk about with strongman and in particular is uh, that we just have an evolution of growth of these sports and a lot yeah. of it's a, a bit of an unknown because ten years ago you could have told me a lot of things we're seeing now that we're seeing now mm-hmm. and this is just a part of that you know at these weight classes and how do we do that and how do we come up with a better formula to better suit, you know, the competition or the competitive nature of whatever sport we're talking sure. about, or this in this case, powerlifting, but, and same thing with strongman when they started adding up these different weight classes to give these guys a better opportunity to compete. You know, back when I told you it was 231 and above and 231 and under, right. that was no man's land for yeah. a guy that weighed 190 pounds. And it was no man's land for a guy that weighed 265. Yeah. Uh, so I love to see it. And I think it just attributes to both powerlifting and strongman in particular. When we're having these conversations, we're talking about two sports that are still growing yes. and growing strong. 100%. And, and, and we have to be open to the idea of change. I think sometimes we get stuck in the old head mentality. It's like, well, this is how it was all the time. Yeah. It doesn't make it right, man. Like, no. it's time. And like growth happens and that's again it's all about progressing the sport making the sport better making the sport more accessible for everybody making the sport more inclusive for everybody dude one thing that i'm not about is 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 excluding any person group whatever from any of these sports no. you know i no. i'm all for everybody being involved in these things i think they change people's lives and i think they change people's lives for the better so whatever we need to do to do that and keep a competitive edge i'm all for you know it Speaking of which, which I've really seen a lot of in this last uh, year or so, because I think a lot of these organizations have added that class of, uh, what's the proper term before I put my foot in my mouth politically again? Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, just gonna I'm let, so I'm gonna let fucked you hold up. On to this yeah, I'm trying. You're giving me a minute. Because yeah. I know this is not, you know, it, it's just, I don't want, what, you, what would you call it? It's not, I'm going to say handicap. It's not handicap, right? What do they call it? The division USAPL just added too. It's it's you know when you're missing a limb or you got oh yeah what I is it called? What did they call the uh, that one? I don't know. They have it though. anyhow. Yeah. If I if I'm not saying that right or whatever, but it's anyhow. It's, it's like an amputee class. It's yeah. something. Yeah. I don't even know if that's what it is. It's, yeah. It even because I I saw this guy. It was very uh, heartwarming. I love to see this stuff. And it's like that one girl that that was crossfitting that went viral because she had the one, one leg. leg. And mm-hmm. that, I can't remember her name now, and, and I need to. I actually need to reach out to her because I'd love for us to chat with her. Um, but they had a guy that it looked like he maybe had cerebral palsy or something. And mm. So they had this apparatus where they tied the um, – they had the deadlift. He was doing the deadlift. Yeah, deadlift strap. And he only yeah. had one arm, so the yeah. deadlift strap. And I, I love that, yeah. man. And, and that is a part of the sport that's really growing, which yeah. it's, it just is so heartwarming. I ain't going to lie. Sometimes I see that and I get a little mushy. Because yeah, I me just, too, man. I'm so proud of the, you know, and the lifting community. And he is too. Like yeah, I love to watch yeah. those videos, man. They're all yeah. excited and – 
I, like you said, I'm all for that, dude. Yeah. Like this stuff really changes people's it lives. It does, I mean, man. It really does. And th- think about that. I mean, because and we take it for granted because we, we live in a time, and I get it. A lot of people don't like to kind of. Okay, we're taking things too far, and this inclusivity stuff is, you know, you get some of these Neanderthal thinking guys out there in particular that, and I know a few of them, and mind you, I'm still coming around myself with a sure. lot of things, yeah. but these things didn't exist years ago. No. You know, they didn't because that inclusivity wasn't a part of much that we talked about. Right. Uh, so kudos to the, the the lifting community because that's who we are and that's what we're talking about here because we were finding ways to make this more inclusive and uh, I love it. Yeah. Like you said, more people we can get involved, the better off we all are. Hundred uh, percent. And I yeah, I, I I get tickled when I see that. Yeah, me too, man. Stuff. And then like and like you said, like yeah, there's still some you know Neanderthal thinking out there, some of the old heads, old guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the difference is, and and I'm not all the way there either, to be honest with no, you. No, there's some, I'm not there's totally, some things that there's yeah. some things that I I struggle with, but I think at the end of the day, um, what what separates me and you and 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 people trying to do the right thing is is we're trying to learn we're trying to grow we're trying to get better and that's all that we can ask people to do like like i've I've had this conversation with my daughter she's she's struggling with some some identity issues and um and i told her i said listen you know love yourself people will love you um but at the end of the day you need to understand that not everyone's going to understand and and it's not everyone's job to understand and it's not your job to make them understand it's just we have to be presented with this information and then we have to absorb this information and do the best that we can with it. That's all we can ask yeah. anybody to do. Yeah. And there's no timeline there. We no, can't there's force no timeline. decisions yeah. from people, you know, and you said it, absorb the information. Well, I may absorb it today. Right. I may not fully give you my yeah. answer or even an understanding of it for weeks to come. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I know? might never understand. That's it. right. I might That's never right. understand yeah. it. It's not your job to convince me. It's not my job to convince you share the information and we'll all grow yeah. from this. It might not be my generation, but your generation is going to make a difference and the generation after that's going to make the difference. And that's how it's always been done yeah. throughout the generations. Yeah. And we, again, I keep referencing back to this because we saw that a little bit in the lifting community this week and I'll be vague with it, but you know, there's this cancel culture that's out there right now. And, mm-hmm. and again, I don't think anybody's trying to be malice in any way. No. I think it's just a matter of having a conversation and trying to understand each other's perspectives Hannah put it best on her interview when we were talking to her when I was that we just need to sit down and uh, and, and and just be willing to listen with one another. Sure. And if I say something stupid, which oh by the way I, I will, will, and I have even on this show, <laughs> yeah, and I'll continue to do that, not for any reason other than I am who I am, and I wear that, you know, my 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 emotions and my heart and yep. my, my thoughts on my sleeve. Yep. And I'm that guy, and I'll never not be that guy. But hey, I, I would rather see somebody reach out to me, and go, hey man, that you said something I wasn't real happy with. This is why i don't like it perfect then all of a sudden to give me a bunch of shit and say okay you're canceled motherfucker you're done you know yeah oh for what because i'm not quite you know in my place in my mind where you want me to be right so i i can appreciate the conversation aspect of it so anyhow i don't know if you have anything to add to that but i I was thinking about that this week yeah i 100 percent agree like we've talked about privately before like I don't. I don't agree with cancel culture of any way. I don't think any group should. I don't. I don't agree with this mob mentality where groups should attack other groups. Like you have your beliefs and I have my beliefs, and that's completely okay. I think we should all be able to sit down at this table and have our conversations and air out our differences and understand each other. Like I am not you, and you are not me. And my opinions and my and my feelings are based off of how I was raised, where I was raised, right. who I was raised by, and yours is completely different. And and going in with that understanding that we were that we were completely different, and then we can put both of our sides out, and then 
try to come to a, a better solution if we can. That's all that people can ask. I think people jump on today's society on any little mistake that somebody makes with a, you know, with a slip of the tongue, oh. even if it's with no malice and no, or no bad intent. It's just, it's, I, I've always said the word gay and, and that's going to offend somebody. And like, sometimes every once in a while, I'll still go, man, that's, that's super gay. And somebody who is gay will get mad at me. And I'm like, listen, dude, that I do not mean like, that is not my intent. And I'm actually trying to get better at that. But if you were to hear that and come in and try to cancel every business that I own or everything that I do because I, I made a, a slip of the tongue that I'm actually trying to change to be a better person, then I don't have time for you. But we can have that conversation. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think even sometimes, you know, when we, ha we start that conversation, you, you may not even like to have or, or you get five minutes into that conversation and you still aren't, if you're that, you know, trying to convey your thoughts, don't, again, it might take a while. This isn't a five-minute conversation. Yeah, this, this, yeah. this could be a five-month, five-year, five-whatever, yeah. but it's a conversation nonetheless. I think where I go with it, especially when I bring it back into our gym life, is I've always been in this firm belief that the lifting community, for whatever reason, and I get it, a lot of people out there, fuck, you're crazy for thinking that. But I, I used to always think that in the last maybe few, few years in particular, as this stuff has started taking over the world, that we were kind of protected in this bubble in our lifting community. Like, there's no way this shit's going to touch us. Right. Because we're, we're all on the same page, you know. We, even though we might differ between what we eat and what our programming is and, you know, what our favorite lift is or who our favorite athlete is, we were all of one common thought. It was the idea that when we got into the gym, when we got into our sport, we were able to remove ourselves from this politically woke, crazy sort of mm -hmm. world, this 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 very volatile place that we live in now, and we wouldn't have to deal with it once I walked through that gym door. Sadly, I'm, I, I'm the first one to admit I'm completely fucking wrong. Right, yeah. Because it has followed us in. And sure. now, before we let that take us over, we really need to get a hold of it quickly. I right? just think so. people need to recognize that um, we need to do a better job at not a, a, attaching ourselves to, to some sort of identity um, whether it be political or, you know, social or whatever. And remember that at the end of the day, we're all human beings and like, we're all inhabiting this planet together. We're all really trying to work towards the same goal, provide for our families, enjoy our life, have our friends. Um, and, and that's what everybody wants. So at the end of the day, like, I think people attach themselves too much to this I'm that, or I'm this, or I'm X, or I'm Y, or I'm Z. You know, motherfucker, I'm human. Like, that's who I am. Right. And, and I'm going to make mistakes, and you're going to make mistakes, and we're not going to agree. But we can all agree that we're really just trying to do the best that we can. I, there's, there's very few absolute yeah. fucking villains out say, there yeah, exactly. that are actually just exactly. fucking dickheads. Yeah. You know, there's very, very few, few of those of guys out yeah. there. And girls, for sure. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah, and bringing it kind of back in house, you know, the idea that the lifting community is 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 immune from it—that's obviously not true. But I think one thing maybe that we have that other groups don't is we've always had a bit better better ability to communicate. And I hope that pays big dividends. For yeah, us. and we still have a and, yeah. and we still have one big common denominator, and that's we love lifting. We love lift. That's right. So we, we can we put have a lot, something in we common. We can put a lot of shit that's aside because right. we all love to that's lift. Right. <laughs> that, that's right. Uh, you just said it, man. I couldn't have said it any better. That's exactly right. We come into this conversation. If we both disagree with at least one thing in common, yeah, and that's the gym. Yep. That's our gym life. Yep. So, okay, that's a great way to end that conversation before we go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I think we already Lord did. knows. I would <laughs> I be there. Would. I'd be the first one down that fucking <laughs> hole. Uh, so I got one question in this week. 
that I liked. I like them all. I shouldn't say that. That sounds terrible, Joe. Don't say that. No, I, I like right. them all. But this was very uh, – got kind of with that November, no November, no cheat, no this, no okay. that, whatever. It was uh, – a guy says, so, you know, the holidays are coming. Any advice to – you know, any advice to steer clear of the – you know, I guess the uh, – the, the, the food aspect of it, right? The cheating aspect yeah, of the holiday. That's a great question, right? It's something we, a lot of us face every year, especially us, you know, everyday gym bros and girls that, yeah. that aren't necessarily in competition or know how to navigate the whole prep thing, right? Because a yeah. lot of girls and guys will go right through the holidays still on prep. God bless you, bodybuilders, especially with nationals coming up in a couple weeks, uh, which we have a lot of fun bodybuilding stuff coming here next episode, starting next episode. But uh, I thought that's a great question. So it got me thinking, how do I do it? And I'll tell you how I do it. November 1st to me is a no-cheat November. Um, and I, and I, my wife actually, that's her thing, right? So, of course, I'm going to be there with her because we talked mm-hmm. about that in another episode where, you know, doing these things together yeah. makes it a hell of a lot easier, than, especially from an eating perspective, than trying to shop with two different grocery carts. That can get us in trouble, right? Her in trouble, especially if she's going to follow my patterns, which have of late been a lot of peanut butter and jellies and whole milk and <laughs> a lot of stuff that she doesn't want to eat right now. But, you know, you, I, I look at the opportunity of, of Christmas, New Year's, and Thanksgiving, if, if you are th- those three are pretty popular holidays for most of us, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, those are your cheat days or weekends, right? So we kind of look at those as more of the opportunity to say, until I get to that point, I'm going to do this, this, and this, or put your plan together. Mm -hmm. So I encourage everybody that if you're getting into this holiday season, which officially, I guess, starts today, I would imagine all the Halloween stuff's coming down. Halloween's over, yeah. You know how soon everybody starts decorating for Christmas and Thanksgiving. I'm sure that's going on right now. Is that you put together that plan right now. Don't hesitate. And whether you kick that in after deer season, because a lot of guys are going to say, wait a minute, motherfucker, deer camp's coming up. That's a lot of bush lights. And... <laughs> that's a lot of bush latte. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so maybe that's true. Maybe you're not starting it when we're starting it, which is today. Um, and, and generally, when I do start my coming off a big feed, which I've been on in the, in the month of October, is I generally start with some fasting and some good old-fashioned keto. That's the best way to kick this stuff in, in my opinion, right? We all have our, our own way of getting this done. But for me, this works really well. I was 275 pounds this morning. I started my, my fasting, which I'll do a 16-hour fast mm-hmm. uh, three days in a row just to kick my meta- metabolism into gear. And I'll train fasted as well. Um, and I encourage everybody to look up some of these things. Uh, fasting is not anything new to a lot nope. of people. Um, I am a big uh, advocate of fasting. Mm-hmm. Not all the time. There's a place for it. I, I like cycle, cycling my fasting. I do. Uh, just like we'd cycle our carbs in some cases, yep. I cycle my fasting. And then as you get good at it, you can cycle your carbs with your fasting, and you can get really pinpoint how you if want you to can, do this. If you can figure out intermittent, intermittent fasting and carb cycling, you can really You can do, do some damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The key there is to figure out that carb cycling because intermittent fasting can get you in trouble a yep. little bit with an energy level with the way we like to train. Yep. Yep. So a lot of times these things don't go together when you see – you know, people talking about keto or in, in, as a lifter, a lot of times we go, oh, fuck all that keto stuff. You're <laughs> going to be in trouble if you're going to do that to some degree, right? You got to learn how to carb cycle that yeah. a little bit as well. And another thing that I like doing besides carb cycling and, and carb and then keto is uh, I'll end up doing more of a, um, I, instead of a calorie deficit, I won't, I'll do less macro counting while I'm doing those things because what, what fasting or, or, or fasting allows you to do intermittent fasting, it allows you to go after 
you got a five or six or eight hour eating eight window, hour depending window, on how you yeah. do it. There's not a lot of damage you can do there because you're eating still in that two and a half to three hour window. So ideally, you're only getting in about three, maybe four good meals in in that, that intermittent fasting period. And a lot of people do this a lot of different ways, but I still stay true to that sort of eating opportunity mm -hmm. where I'm going every two to three hours. Some guys will tell you, oh, fuck it. I just eat for that. Yeah, you eat know, eat hours. <laughs> you maybe get into a little bit more trouble there, but those diets too as well tend to be a little bit more calorie surplus with a lot of starchy carbs and those type of things. But what I like to do is I'll cycle my carbs in around my, my workouts. So now my workouts are in the evening now because I'm intermittent fasting, right? It, or it won't start till later on this week because I'm still going to work out intermittent fasting while I'm actually um, at an empty stomach, right? Yep, I'm working out. I actually so. fasted, yep. So as the week progresses, I'll turn that into working out in the evening rather than work out in the morning so I can work during my during my feeding During hours. your feed window. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's something to me that I would recommend to that question is consider some of these more, I guess you'd call them sort of these 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 more uh, specific type of, of feeds, right? Whether you're carb cycling, whether you're intermittent fasting, whether you're doing keto, maybe you're doing all three. And I would encourage you to try to work all three of these, th those in particular into your into your new program, I guess, leading into the holidays, it'll keep you out of some trouble. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really more what I'm getting at here. I'm not really going into a prep. I'm not going into trying to get ready for a bodybuilding show. I want to keep lean or at least maintain without spilling over. So if I put myself in this position where I don't allow myself to eat, where the intermittent fasting comes in, I can do less damage. And then if I can put myself in a position to make three out of those four meals or two out of those four meals more of a keto type eating where I cycle my carbs in around my workout before and after, then I let, allow myself less opportunity to get in trouble as an everyday gym goer, yeah. as somebody who's not competing, as a normal guy that just wants to make sure the winter doesn't tear him apart and all the hard work he put in the summertime isn't going to go out the window and then come April, he's going, holy fuck i got two months to get in shape again yeah wouldn't it be nice to be ahead of the schedule i mean that's why i'm getting it yeah so for me my answer is don't just enjoy the fucking holiday oh shut your mouth i mean <laughs> you're yeah See, this is coming from this guy yeah eat eat, eat. like they live right just eat yeah. uh eat. you know i guess it depends on really what you're asking you know if, if you're if you're asking like how do you avoid you know doing damage over you know the thanksgiving and christmas just fucking eat thanksgiving and christmas man right. like you get that time with your family once a year fucking eat the food unless you're like unless you're prepping for a bodybuilding show eat the fucking yeah. food um if you're you know if you're just trying to maintain i mean most of us are growing in the winter anyway so what's a couple extra calories that is true you yeah. know and yeah. like um so i guess it just depends on your goal man it really depends when 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 i get this question they're like well how do you avoid you know overeating for the holiday i don't fucking don't dude i overeat on the holiday well listen that's a, that's, a, <laughs> that's a slippery slope and i'll tell you why because you know, we're not just talking about thanksgiving at mom and dad's and we're talking about christmas morning with the kids we all of us have so much shit going on in these holidays that you can argue every weekend leading up to Thanksgiving and then every weekend leading up to Christmas, there's something going on that you got to navigate. Right? Oh, yeah. So I don't. holiday parties. Yeah, I, don't. I mean, the I easy thing people, to do is so. don't. Well, you don't get, <laughs> yeah, right. I can imagine you don't get invited to much. But <laughs> in, in any case, the the normal, uh, the average you know, guy or girl is going to face those type of obstacles, the office work party, and then let's go out for drinks after. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, by the way, next week, Susie and, and Bill are having their annual Christmas party a week before, or, you know, or, or Thanksgiving, and they want all the friends and family to come over. That's where it gets tricky. Yeah. Because it doesn't just turn into three days of eating. Yeah. It turns into potentially 30 days of eating over yeah. the course of the next three months. So I tend to do a very similar thing as you do, actually, after, okay. after I was joking around. Um, yeah. But I do it at the end. 
Um, I don't, I don't get ready for the holiday season. So you just say it, I'm going, I just fucking eat. I enjoy my holiday. Like I put in eight months of hard ass work. I'm going to enjoy this time. And then right after fucking Christmas, well, actually probably Thanksgiving, we don't do a big Christmas dinner. It's just not one of our things. Um, but right after, you know, right after that, right around that time, December ish, I essentially do the same thing as a way to clean my system. I do an intermittent fasting. I start carb cycling and I do that detox flush, kind of detox myself. And I do that for, for a short period of time, usually one to two to three months, something like that. Um, and then I get back into going on my plan for, for lifting back into eating the food that, you know, I would get paying more attention to my calories, paying what calories they are, I guess, like you said, the macro, yeah, more macro, more macro, yeah. macro yeah. focus. So, um, I just tend to do it at the end, um, as opposed to getting ready for it. Cause I know I'm going to blow it all out the fucking window anyways. In the well, holiday. listen, and if you're that kind of guy too, that is, that's the way you're used to doing yeah, it, you know? Yeah. And I, I almost think this question kind of comes from the guy that's saying, finally, I'm going to get down to business Yeah, because I think guys like you guys like me and most of the, most of the people that we hang out with generally have a program that they use going into the holidays or at least some kind of, you know, stay between the rails kind of thing where I'm not going to fall off and I'm going to at least do this or this. Yeah. I've done it enough now to know what works. For so me not and, to take yeah. it for granted. I'm yeah. sure there's a ton of guys and girls out there and as there is every year, right. That step into this gym life and this new game yep. and say, okay, yeah, this is the first time for me. How do I navigate it? You can be, you can overcomplicate the shit out of you it. You can. And, I take think, the, and, and take the fun right out yeah, of it, which the, you don't want to And do. that, that's kind of the point, yeah. right? That's why I was like, it's the holidays. Yeah. Fucking enjoy and I agree it, with that. You know, to I, a I point, don't disagree like, with that. you know, you can't, if, if you take the fun out of it, if you suck the life out of life, you're not going to want to do this for very long. No, I think that's no. the overall yeah. kind of thing. Um, and it goes back to what we talked about when, uh, with, uh, how to recover from injury, like just plan the work, work the plan. This is what I'm going to do leading up to Christmas. Yep. And then I'm going to fucking enjoy my Christmas. And then this is what I'm going to do after my Christmas, you know, to kind of get me back on track or whatever it may be. I do suggest like you, I enjoy intermittent fasting. I think intermittent fasting. I think it keeps you out of trouble a little bit. I mean, it's a miracle. I think there's a lot going on from a health perspective there. Yeah. There's a lot of, but it also keeps you out of trouble. Yeah. There's a lot of science behind fasting and, and what it does for the human body. It, it keeps, like you said, you only have so much time to eat. Um, if you, and, and if you put your eating window in, your feeding window inside your training window, what you are eating, you're fucking burning. Right. You know, like right. there's That's a whole, the key yeah, there's a That's whole, the key. and yep. if you want a good resource for that, we talked about him last episode, go check out jimstepani.com. He has a huge article on intermittent fasting. The guy's yeah. done a lot of research on it. There's a bunch of them out there. Um, and then, and then if you can, if you can at least do that, especially if this is your first go around, I would suggest go with intermittent fasting. It's the, it's the, yep. it's the best way to do it. If you've done this before, you know, maybe then you start looking at carb cycling because like you said, you can really overcomplicate these things. We yeah. start talking about carb cycling. When am I going to consume my carbs? When I'm not going to consume my carbs? Am I going keto? Am I going full keto, clean keto, dirty keto? Like all that crap, right. you can really, really overwhelm yourself. So I think the easiest, the easiest, especially kind of the first season going into it going, okay, this was the year I made this progress. I don't want to lose this progress. Really take a hard look at intermittent fasting. I think it's a great way to maintain um, and really just reset your system coming into next year. So Yeah, I think you're right. We can talk for a long time about it. Thomas Delure is a guy that I used to follow. He's just a normal – the normal. He's, a, he's built like a brick shit house. You ever follow Thomas <laughs> just Delure? A, just a normal brick shit house. Normal brick shit house, yeah. <laughs> I just like, you know, he's not a Jim Stefani yeah, type yeah. or he's not selling himself, although he is sponsored and you got to kind of navigate yeah. through some of his, but he's, he's a pretty legit dude when it comes to how he talks about the health benefits of intermittent mm-hmm. fasting. And, I, and listen, I'm no guru on it. I, I've, I've done it. It's worked well for me. And, and a lot of guys out there, 
or girls say, well, if I still want to build muscle, still want you can do all that on oh, intermittent yeah. fasting. Yep. Uh, but you're right. There are different ways you can dial that in. Yep. Um, and I think if you do intermittent fasting and you do a little bit of keto, and I'm not a huge guy on keto, I get it, it works. But I, if you're going to work out and do what we do, those carbs are too important yeah, to give up. Yeah. And even a guy like Thomas DeLuro will tell you that, who's a big keto guy as well. Um, so you learn kind of that end of things. If you can learn the basics of those three things, I think, a keto mm-hmm. intermittent fasting and then maybe a little carb cycling, you'll understand what I'm talking about not you, but in general, that you can kind of have some fun dialing it in to be training and life specific to you as well. Mm -hmm. And who doesn't like keto, right? I mean, if I can just eat cheese, pickles, (laughs) bacon, all the fat. In theory, I'd love to eat it all the time. Just pieces of steak like our good buddy Jake Harmon does every day, three times a day. But, but, you know, in in actuality, though, it's not realistic for a lot of people. And from a health perspective, I think the jury's still out on how your body is going to handle that. But you can have a little more fun with that. And who doesn't like to have a little more fun with that around the holidays? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I love Christmas ham, That's man. true. Pile that That's plate true. up. I love Usually Christmas ham. seven-eighths ham, and the rest of it might be a little potato or something. Yeah, but, yeah. So I think there's some fun ways to navigate the holidays, That, especially if you have a handle on what you're doing. And I know for me, I have a little better handle now because we got a three-year-old at home, so we know kind of the office parties and the late nights out, and those type of things are kind of out the window. Sadly, Mm -hmm. they're they're out of my life. Uh, But in a good way, that helps me kind of maintain these type of seasons coming up that would ultimately get me in trouble any other year of my life where I'd go, oh, I'm going 275, going in, I'm going to come out at 275. Hell no, I'm coming out at 290, pounds. And then all of a sudden, but we won't get too far ahead of ourselves, but you get into that April February, March, April, going, oh, where do I even start? Start, And then you'll see a lot of guys, they don't. Yeah. And they'll take that weight into a new summer with them, and then they'll start the process all All over over again. again. And that's where – and I think think especially when you start to get older, when you start to get in your mid-30s and your metabolism's changing, you're not getting rid of that 12 beers and those four ham sandwiches as quick as you used to get rid of them around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where you get into a lot of trouble with this. Yeah. I know you're not quite seeing it yet. You're still a pretty lean guy, but you were that big guy once. You know oh, what yeah. I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I was big. Shit was can go downhill guy. pretty quick. Oh, it went down real fast. The gas station cheeseburgers will do that to you. And that's basically what I lived oh, on. Oh, Lord. You know? I can't even believe you ate those but, things. Yeah. Well, I worked, I worked in the oil field. Well, gas that's station true. was what yeah. all we Your had. lifestyle dictated what yeah, you needed Yeah, it dictated to do. it. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think um, the cool thing about intermittent fasting, too, is it's completely flexible to to your lifestyle you know like you know you have an office party and at this time and you know what time you work and you know what time you train so you can adjust your your feeding window and your sure. your fasting window accordingly yeah so it's probably the most conducive to just all this crap going on you know so you can you don't have to be the guy that walks into the into the into the party and go man i i'm i, I can't eat i too many calories today like it's inside eight hours it's inside this eight yeah. hour window eat what eat yeah, and I think the cool thing about it is, is it, when you understand kind of these different programs that are available to you with intermittent fasting, the first thought is always, well, I'm not going to intermittent fast every day. Well, that's not even the best way to do it, in my opinion. I've, I've done it other ways because there are programs with intermittent fasting. Thomas Lure, again, somebody who I follow that, believes in just like everything else, your body will make adjustments to that because mm-hmm. your body is the perfect machine, right? Your body it, is it, know, yeah. it knows when you're fucking with it. It's going to start making changes on its mm-hmm. own because you've made these drastic changes. So I, was, I actually cycle my intermittent fasting, right? You come off a weekend of a good party weekend, let's say, or a Halloween weekend mm-hmm. with candy and a few beers around the bonfire like I did last night. Uh, I start my morning or my day with intermittent fasting, you know, to flush my system, get my water back in my system essentially and try to rid myself of any of these you know, crap, uh, crap, I guess, mm-hmm. essentially that yeah. I consumed, but I, I would fall into a pattern of intermittent cycling 
kept fasting, you know, mm -hmm. where I would do it a Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of thing, or a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or I, I, I try to keep my body guessing on my intermittent fasting. And I, I don't think any one of us out there are, are in the dark about how we are all about trying to keep our body guessing to some degree, especially with workouts, right? We hear that all the time. We want to make sure that we're changing things up and that's yeah. a, a conversation for another day, but it's the same type of, you know, uh, a same type of philosophy when mm -hmm. it comes to eating as well. You need, especially in a diet or a situation, I don't like to call that a diet as much as I do a lifestyle right. change, but ultimately you want to a keep your body guessing. Plan. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Keep your body guessing, right? Keep those supplements. Yeah. I think then. you're, I think you nailed it on the head. I think, um, our, like you said, our bodies are a perfect machine and, and they will make adaptations according to how we're living our life. And, and it's going to, you know, you, you have to shock the system. I tell my clients that all the time when, when they're trying to lose weight or gain muscle. Like, this is why we do this. We're, we're tricking your body is essentially what we're doing. Right. You know, science, there's a lot of science to it, but essentially we're just tricking Let's keep it body. simple. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know there's a, a good majority of people out there that are already in these great programs. And, I, and every time I think of a good program, I think of like April up in Petoskey or something, you know, and she's on this awesome first form program, you know, the 75 and 120. Listen, 75 we're not talking is, about. 75 is not a program. No, Let me well, well, 75 hard is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle for sure. But the, that the, those aren't the people I'm talking about. Right now I'm talking about that, that guy that was me for the first 25 yeah. years lifting you know that didn't have a program and he was just a guy trying to figure shit out or a girl trying to figure stuff out and guys tend to have a, a bit more of a, a a bit more traps in front of them than, than women do when it comes to this because women inherently always seem to have keeping their shit in a pile in the back of their mind you know uh, guys you know what i mean i don't want to seem like i'm trying to divide no, the red I'm sea here no i mean well, I what i'm, I'm getting at is, is that at. I've got five pairs of jeans in the closet. And I, you know, I never asked my wife how I look good in any of them. Mm -hmm. She'll ask me how she looks good in all of them <laughs> every day <laughs> every when she time. puts them on. Because she, well, she's more in tune, I guess, is what I'm saying with how her body responds to things. Yeah, I think women in general, yeah, well, that's what I'm, I'm getting whether, it's, whether it's because they want to or it's forced upon them, um, are, are, they're just better at organizing their life in general. Yeah. And not whether it be weight or they're just men, women have, have you ever heard that like the analogy of like a woman's brain versus a man's brain? Yeah. Yeah. Like all the, like That's women's, women's got all these compartments, man, just have an empty drawer, right, right. <laughs> you know, like we're the junk drawer right. of information. I don't, They've got everything fucking yes, organized. Yeah. yeah. I don't ever get in the closet and put on a t-shirt and go, Oh fuck. That's too That's small. That's the wrong one. Yeah. I just go grab the flannel and put it over top of it. <laughs> Yeah. I don't really have a, that so, those so moments, women are so. probably a little more prepared for the holidays. They, than they are, are. <laughs> of course they are. That's why I'm kind of saying, Hey, this is about you guys out there that were like me for the last uh, 20 years of my life or prior to figuring stuff out. And I get it, man. It's a tough thing to do and nail down. And a lot of times you go, well, it's tomorrow. Let's do this tomorrow or I'll get to it next. I week. fucking hate tomorrow. Yeah. Let's That's just, let's no get, let, just get right to it. Listen, you might fuck up your first three weeks, but at least you're kind of giving yourself an opportunity to get on a plane. And well, I think that's a, a huge key for a lot of people too. And I tell people, like, again, I tell people this all the time. I'm a realist, you know, you're going to fuck up. And I think the key, the success pill, if you will, is having a plan. So when you do fuck up, you know what to do, right? You're going to fuck up when you fuck up and you don't have a plan. You go, well, now what? I guess I'm just 10 pounds heavier now. No, we have a fucking plan. You messed up, which is fine. We all make mistakes and you're going to get back on that plan. And because you have a plan, it's, it's not this insurmountable thing. You right. know, it's not this, this giant hill. And none of this really is right. You know, I, you can't beat yourself up over a few pounds or a bad few days. You know, if the idea is that you've got to 
like you said, this long-term plan or a plan, it's just go back to the plan. Just go back to the plan, yeah. 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 Or unless you're getting ready for Unless show, you're right? standing out, getting ready to step on stage, <laughs> none of this is going to wreck your life. I, I got news for you. <laughs> yeah, I got news for all you guys out there that are, uh, that are trying to figure this out. Yeah, you're going to find yourself on the other side of that plan more often than you're not in the sure. first couple of years. Yeah. So. But in any case, uh, episode 13, we are... Uh, moving along, and uh, we've got a couple great guests coming on this week, and we had Sean Shoemaker interview get out there last week. We also had Hannah Lindsay drop, uh, which was a great interview. I hope you all appreciate that one as well, especially coming off of uh, a rough week she had kind of in that whole uh, – yeah, what do you want to call it? Sort of the uh, politically correct alley the, and the, the turmoil. The turmoil. The, 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 yeah, the and, and Hannah, turmoil. we love you, and we thanks for getting on with us and expressing some of your thoughts on that. Um, but in any case, thanks for joining us again here for episode thirteen. Uh, we're moving right along every week, even through the holidays, and maybe we'll lay a little bit of a spread out here one day, and we'll have a holiday party with you while we're eating our. Oh man, we should, we should do something like this. that. Yeah, turkey leg it, something like Got that. Got it. You know, I wanted to do a show before Halloween because I had this great costume lined up too, and. I guess I'll wait. No shirt shirt. on? No, I had a shirt on. I I don't want to, you know, I'll go down that road. You know what? We're going to have to talk after this podcast. I think we're going to have to get our our buddy Stone Bear in here for like a holiday. Oh, yeah, holiday feast. Yeah, yeah. we should. That's a great idea. Uh, Jake, if you're listening, uh, the holiday feast. Holiday feast. Jake Herman. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, in any case, we got some fun stuff coming up, some goofy shit that we want to do with all you guys, too. Maybe you'll participate, kind of a duet sort of thing, if you will. You know, I've got some fun stuff coming down the pipe here. But in any case, episode 13, thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll see you guys next week.